In the mid-1920s, the Irish government approached Irish artist Harry Clark and asked if he would be interested in designing a stained-glass window for the International Labour Court in Geneva. The resulting work subsequently made an unlikely journey across the Atlantic and is now located in Miami, Florida. To talk about how and why this happened, I'm joined by Zoe Reed, Keeper of Public Services and Collections with the National Archives. Zoe, tell us first of all, who was Harry Clark? So Harry Clark was a Dublin-born artist who was renowned for both his book illustration but also his work in stained glass. Um, and he was working at the turn of the 20th century and he did immaculate and intricate work in stained glass. There was nothing else like him in terms of the work that he produced, mainly for commissions, mainly for churches. And we'll see a lot of his work around Ireland in various churches. Um, something, a good thing to set yourself a challenge to go around. And he find was kind him. of reproducing Aubrey Beardsley in stained glass, wasn't he, to some he, extent? He was, and he was very influenced by Beardsley and he was in, influenced by um, that Art Nouveau movement at the time. And you see that very much more so in his book illustrations as well. And he illustrated for Wilde as well. But you will see that intricate kind of, but also that sinister and darkness as well mm. to some of the work. What was this commission all about to create a window which would be installed in Geneva? So an organisation called the International Labour Office was given space. It was established as part of the League of Nations and it was given space to have their offices in the same place. A call went out to all the nations that were involved in the League of Nations to decorate the offices and a gift had to be given by the Irish nation to um, the ILO. Ireland decided Cosgrave was actually a very good friend of Harry Clark's. He'd opened an exhibition for him in 1925 and he suggested the commission of the window. Clark came back and said, OK, we'll do a window. We'll look at 15 Irish writers and we'll illustrate their work through an intricate panelled stained glass window. And that's what the proposal was. And that was agreed. And that's what he did. And the artists included James Joyce, Sean O'Casey, Liam O'Flaherty, uh, Patrick Pierce, Lennox Robinson, Yates, John Milton Singh. They were all included in different vignettes. And so characters from either a publication or a, a play were illustrated by yes. Clark. Interesting, because some of the names that you mentioned wouldn't necessarily sit all that well together. Mm. Pierce and Joyce in the same window, an interesting one. Um, Clark himself, uh, for sad reasons, knew Switzerland quite well. He did towards the end of his life, yes. And that's also what makes this story quite so poignant because he was commissioned in 27 to do the, the window. He worked on it. And the wrangling with the Irish government really started in 29. The window was completed and finished. He presented it to them. And whilst Cosgrave could see the artistic benefit of it and thoroughly loved it, there were panels where they just weren't comfortable with how Ireland and Irish people were being depicted. For example, there's in Sean O'Casey, there's the scene of Juno from Juno and the Peacock. He's got a bottle of Guinness in his pocket. He's, you know, potentially he's drunk. So that idea of the Irish drunkard, there's references or there's lightly clothed women where there's that sense of nudity. And again, that's not seen to be something that the Irish government feel they're very comfortable with that going forward. But uh, so this is pietistic and censorious Ireland in the 1920s showing its teeth. It really is. It's the beginning of that. If you think about censorship for film has happened from the 1923, 1929, we're hitting the censorship on publications as well. And of course, Liam O'Flaherty's in there. His, the scene that's depicted is from uh, Mr. Gahuli. 
But O'Flaherty was the first author to have his work censored by the state with the, the banning of the Gold House in 1929. So is he paid off and is the window then just put into storage? What happens? Well, there's correspondence that we've got, which is actually, and this is the poignant thing, is there's correspondence from Clark sort of saying, I can change a couple of the panels if you're not happy, but you've got to let me know what to do and what way, what way to proceed with it. The last correspondence is from December in 1930, where he's writing to Cosgrave saying, tell me what to do. You know, I can change a couple of panels, but you need to let me know which direction you'd like me to take. And can you write back to me? Because I'm just about to head off to the sanatorium in Switzerland. And as we know, he passed away on the 6th of January, 1931. But the government, or certainly W.T. Cosgrave, must have known what they were possibly going to get from somebody who was as very obviously risque as Harry Clark. Did they assume that he would rein in uh, his imagination, if you like, because he was doing a piece of official art? I think perhaps they might have. I think they might have. They might have understood what he, he potentially could have presented, but then it was that idea of this was going to represent Ireland. This wasn't being seen in Ireland alone. This was being seen on the international So pull on puppet. the green jersey, Harry. That's really what they were saying. Effectively. Unfortunately, I think they were, definitely. Uh, which he failed miserably to do, um, thankfully. But uh, so, I mean, he produced a, an absolutely fabulous work. What has been the subsequent history then of that uh, piece of art? It languished in government buildings for a period of time. People did get to see it and look at it. And then it was actually sold back to his wife, Margaret Clark. He was commissioned, I think it was £350 at the time to do the window. She subsequently bought it back in the 1950s. They had it in the Clark Studios on South Frederick Street for a number of years. And then it was sold on to a a museum in, in America in the 1990s. Where is it now and can it be seen? Can well, can, of course. It's in the Wilsonian Museum in Miami in Florida. So if we want to get ourselves to Florida, we can see it. And actually, they've been in touch with us as well um, in the course of us working on this exhibition. And they're doing a restyling and refreshing of how they display um, the window as well. And presume that they have no intention of selling it back to us. I don't think anybody's asked yet. <laughs> Maybe they should. Zoe Reid, thank you very, very much indeed. <laughs> And that was Zoe Reid of the National Archives on Harry Clark's Geneva Window. That's all we've time for on this evening's programme and indeed all we've time for on this series of The History Show. We'll be back in February with another run of episodes. In the meantime, details of all our items as well as podcasts are available on our website, rte.ie forward slash history show. My thanks tonight to Mark McGrath and Jamie Doyle on sound and our researcher Ian Kennelly. The History Show is a Pegasus production for RTE. For now from me, Miles Dungan, and producer Lorcan Clancy, goodbye and thanks for listening.